And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, January the 4th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 4, 2007, Nancy Pelosi was elected the first female speaker, the House, as Democrats took control of Congress. Interestingly enough, she has not denied rumors that are coming out of the House that she may not allow herself to run or be available to be Speaker of the House going forward. This may be her last go-around. But, on the other hand, she may be playing with the public as well. She does that a lot, as you know. But it is rumored that this may be the end of Pelosi's career as Speaker of the House. Today in 1935, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, in his State of the Union address, called for legislation to provide assistance for the jobless, the elderly, the impoverished children, and the disabled. That was our official launch toward socialism. Lyndon Johnson carried the torch. Today in 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson delivered his State of the Union address in which he outlined the goals of his great society. That was a leap toward creating a dependent nation, dependent upon big government. Today in 1999, Europe's new currency, the euro, it got off to a strong start in its first day of trading on the stock market, rising against the dollar on world currency markets. Well, it started strong, but it has not ended so strong. I was reading this morning Associated Press. They put out a a list, among others that put out the list as well, but Generally, radio stations look to Associated Press to give them what happened today in history. I look at that and other sources as well. But I noticed today, and I just have got to comment on this, Associated Press is committed to an agenda. That's how they choose what they will publish and put out, knowing that radio stations across America And most radio stations, in one way or another, at one or another time throughout the day, give their listeners a rundown of things that happened today in history, because people are very interested in that, and they know it. Here's how Associated Press presented a couple of things that are supposedly facts for today in history. They said, and I quote, this, knowing that radio stations would pick this up and newspapers, particularly more local, mid-sized newspapers, knowing that they would copy them because they're busy and they're understaffed and they would just take the words of Associated Press and put it out there either on the radio or in their newspaper. Here's what Associated Press had to say. Five years ago today, President Barack Obama urged congressional Democrats to, quote, look out for the American people in defending his legacy health care overhaul, while Vice President-elect Mike Pence stood firm in telling Republicans that dismantling Obamacare was number one on Donald Trump's list. If you're busy and in a hurry and doing what you do during the day and you hear that, the, the impression that the listener gets is that, is that, President Barack Obama was really trying to look out for those people who didn't have access to insurance, while Mike Pence, a la President Trump-elect, 
was standing firm because they were going to dismantle that because they don't care about the people who don't have insurance. Nothing was said or even intimated in this that they had a that Pence and Trump and the the right, the Republicans, had an alternative plan. That's how the the news media I mean much of it is much more blatant than that, but even what appears to be sort of bipartisan in the news media in today's world is not. Associated Press also put out today, this is a quote, and again, this is directed not at the public so much as it is at hundreds of radio stations across America, probably thousands of them, and newspapers, that people working hard, trying to meet their deadlines and get you know their stuff out the door and on the air or in the print or on the newspaper, whatever, would just do it. One year ago today, Associated Press tells all these news people, at a, at a campaign rally in Georgia for the Republican candidates in the state's U.S. Senate runoff elections the following day, President Donald Trump declared that he would fight like H-E-L-L to hold on to the presidency and appeal to Repub- Republican lawmakers to reverse his election loss. Bracing for possible violence, the nation's capital mobilized the National Guard ahead of planned protests by Trump supporters in connection with the congressional vote to affirm Joe Biden's election victory. And again, this is setting the stage today for what Associated Press knows is going to happen day after tomorrow on January 6th. And I'm going to be talking about that in some detail tomorrow. But there's going to be a big show of far-left progressive ideology as they seize on this. And it should not have happened on this so-called insurrection a year ago on January 6th at the Capitol. Associated Press is setting the tone for you, not you personally, but you, the public, to believe that this was all a, a plan to bring down America and to somehow enthrone Donald Trump as some kind of a monarch or a king or whatever, and we would then forever have lost our democracy. That is the message that's being proffered out there this week, in particular, by the left. And as I said, I'll be talking uh, quite a bit more about that tomorrow. <clears throat> and I've been kind of reading and studying what they're, what they're talking about and what they're planning. And it's going to be an extravaganza on, uh, uh, I mean, I, well, anyway, we'll get into that tomorrow. It, it's amazing what they have planned for America on Thursday of this week. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, there are many of them. I I don't like to use the word favorite, but maybe it's one of my favorites. They're all favorites. But Isaiah chapter 43, uh, 43 verse 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. We need to hear those words often and clearly in the culture in which we live. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, we don't hear this quoted often, but it needs to be heard more. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, 
the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That's a strong statement. Interestingly enough, Loyola Marymount College and uh, University in Los Angeles, a professor there lowered the grade of a student because in his dissertation, he said that God is male, and he referred to God as he. The professor said, no, you can't do that. That's not correct. So the professor in this Catholic university lowered the guy's grade. He took issue with it, took it public. The College Fix, which is a it's a kind of a news organization made up of college kids, they write uh, all across the nation, very conservative. They got on it, they put it out there and put it out in the public. And so this professor then backed off and said, well, you know, if you want to believe that, that's okay. And I won't, you know, deduct from your grade because you believe that God is male and refer to him with he, with male pronouns and so on. I mean, we live in such a screwed up world. You Sometimes you just have to wonder, you know, do these people really believe this stuff or are they possessed with something? I mean, I don't know, but it's pretty amazing stuff. But I want to tell you today that I believe that we are at as bad as it is. And it's bad and it had to get bad before people would begin to awaken to reality. And as bad as it is, I think, don't reach for the dial, just hear me out. I think the tide is turning. I do. I believe the tide is turning politically, and I believe it's turning spiritually. I don't think that's visible yet, but I do. And I'm going to tell you why. So stay with me. Just don't check out and say, boy, this guy, I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. I do know what's going on. But I feel that something is happening, and I want to try to communicate that to you today, not only in my own words, but through the words of others that are having some of the same feelings, both politically and spiritually. But politically, I, looking backward, looking backward in a few years, it's entirely possible that we will see that December of 2021 was the high watermark of the great progressive coup when leftists reached out for the brass ring, but their soft, feminine, girlish hands were too weak to grasp it. I think we may well be there. Presbyterian pastor evangelist, Professor Charles Finney, he said many years ago, the church must take back right ground in regard to politics, yet he was a great soul winner and a preacher of the gospel. He was an educator, he was well-spoken, and a powerful, Holy Spirit-anointed pastor. Should the Church of Jesus Christ accept cultural defeat as inevitable? I, I often hear, and too often, really, hear people say, well, it, it, things are just going to continue to get worse until Jesus returns. Well, they are, because Jesus and the New Testament writers said they would. But on the other hand, does that absolve us as Christians from any kind of involvement? What about what about when Jesus told us we are the salt and the light? Do we say, well, based on where we are in history, Jesus, 
we're probably not going to be the salt and light anymore. That that was good when you said that, but now that's what the liberals do. That's what the progressives do. If they're forced to look at the Bible, they just go through and tear out the pages they don't want to believe. It doesn't matter what it has to has to do with homosexuality or abortion or what uh, murder of unborn children. They just tear out those pages of the Bible. Do we want to be do we want to be found guilty of those kinds of actions coming from a different perspective? I don't think so. I don't think this is a time when we as Christians should say, well, Jesus is coming. Boy, there's nothing I can do about it. The world's going to hell in a handbasket, and, you know, what can I do? I'm just one person. I don't think this is the time for that attitude, and I think for a variety of reasons, all are not necessarily spiritual motivation, but there is kind of an uprising not malicious, but just an uprising or an awakening of people saying, how did we get to this point where this kid in a, in a seminary refers to God as he, and he gets points taken off his grade because he used the pronoun he in regards to God, the God of the Bible. The Bible refers to God as he repeatedly. God is not referred to as she in the Bible. There are some professors who try to parse some of the Hebrew words and one thing, and another, but that's not true. It just isn't. How did we get to this point? And how should we respond? I want to talk first of all about the political tide. People more informed than me, that are more involved in the political process in America are saying, boy, I think the political tide is about to about to turn. One of those is Kurt Schlichter. He's a writer for Town Hall. He's often on Fox News. He's very involved in conservative politics. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. I mean, I really don't know. Uh, I don't know if he claims to be a Christian or doesn't claim to be a Christian, but he's, a, he's certainly a, 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 a steadfast conservative. He's involved in CPAC and all this stuff. He said yesterday, he said, looking backward in a few years, and I quoted him a moment ago, it is entirely possible that we will see that December 21, 2021 was the high-water high, uh, high mark of the progressive coup when leftists reached out for the brass ring, but their soft, girlish hands were too weak to grasp it. He said, it is all downhill for them from here, though that is not entirely clear to us right now when Gandalf returned from being balrogged in the Lord of the Rings flick. He says, I'm quoting him. He said, Gandalf said, I come back to you now at the turn of the tide. Except, Schlitcher observes, that all their big battles were still ahead of them. And even if the tide has turned for us too, he said, so are ours. In other words, the tide is turning, but the biggest battles lie just ahead. He says of the culture war, the fog of war is thick and opaque, but as we enter a new year, the odds grow ever in our favor. Now, this is a political, I'm going to look at the spiritual perspective in a moment. But looking at this strictly from a secular, progressive, a not progressive, conservative point of view, but political point of view, as I said, he's well-connected and well-informed. He continues to check off his political reasons why he believes that the so-called progressive left has begun its decline in American politics. His reasons include, and I'm not going to go through all of that, but I'm giving you just an overview of what he's saying and, and millions 
hear him and read what he writes. And he's saying <laughs> one of the main reasons is President Asterisk, that's what he calls President Biden, probably correctly so. He writes that the president is failing on every front, and now even the left is calling for a change in the White House, and they are. He goes on, he talks about uh, the the Richies that the, the are dining as while well, masked servants serve them, and I mean, he goes into all this stuff. I quoted some of him in, in an article that I wrote today. You can read it on faithandfreedom.us on our website. But he says, we know these people are hypocrites, who don't believe a word of their monotonous Marxist monologues. But normal folks who don't live on Twitter are shocked by them not doing what they demand we do. It matters to normal people because, adorably, they still have a residual belief in the essential integrity of the system. He's talking about the ordinary folks across America, like you and me. He said when they encounter hypocrisy among their ruling caste, they get offended. It matters. They hate it. And he said, that's part of what's driving the political. It isn't a matter of, I'm a Republican and I want my party in power. It's not really that. He said, they're just getting offended by what the left is doing. He notes that our enemies are dumb, he says, and ignorant and arrogant. He said, they really do think that they are geniuses and that we are idiots. Well, there is that sense. I mean, do you ever feel like the elites, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Schumer's, the power brokers of the left? kind of think that we're, I mean, they put out lies as though they're truth, and they act like they really do expect all of us to believe it. We just don't believe it anymore if we ever did. But we should not deceive ourselves into thinking it's going to be easy, Schlichter says. He says they will not just walk away from their power and prestige without a struggle. They will fight and not fairly. We are already seeing it with the January 6th Inquisition. As I said, I'll be talking much more about that tomorrow. He says, down the road, we may well look at this winter of Democrat discontent as the turning point. It is not a done deal. We need to keep fighting. But odds are that we're going to win. In fact, we may have already won. And again, now this guy's not a marginal guy. He's a, he's a big voice in the conservative movement. And that's what he's saying. And there are a lot of other people that I'm reading that are less known, perhaps, or less impactful than Kurt is. There are some that are equally so or perhaps more so. But there's there's a growing chorus of people within the conservative movement in America that are saying things similar to what Schlicker is saying. And as I said, he's well-connected. He's well-involved. He has a clear view of what he believes, and that's just an overview, a very short overview of what he believes. Let me talk to you for a few minutes this morning about the church, the body of Christ, and the culture. I often quote Charles Grandison Finney. He was a Republican, (laughs) in heart at least. He was a Presbyterian pastor, a minister, he was also a, a teacher, a professor. He was a prolific speaker, powerful speaker. His ministry made an impact on the culture, and more importantly, it made an impact for eternity. He won a lot of people to Christ, thousands of people. He led to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But at the same time, he was challenging the church 
to be the church and the culture. He said much about the importance of the church and the culture, including this. Let me quote him. He said, the church must take right ground in regard to politics. Politics are a part of a religion in such a country as this, referring to America. And he said, Christians must do their duty to the country as part of their duty to God. God will bless or curse this nation according according to the course Christians take in politics. Now, I understand that's pretty can be pretty jarring to someone who believes that Christians should not be involved in politics, that we should not even touch such a dirty, horrible thing. And there are people who voice that over the pulpit sometimes. And there are people who believe that. Well, I, I'm a Christian. I can't, I'm not going to get involved in politics. That's contrary, not only to Finney's preaching and teaching, but to New Testament teaching. How can you be salt and light in a culture that is going to hell by not touching it, by not getting involved in the process? We all know the answer to that. You can't. You can only make a difference by walking into the muck and the mire and all of the nonsense and the chaos and being a part of it. Not being of the world, but in the world being salt to the stench of decay in our culture, being light in the absolute darkness of our culture, where theological professors are marking down some kid because in his thesis paper or whatever it was, he's referring to God as he. That's how bad it is in America today. But I want to tell you, because of that depth of darkness and depravity that we've sunk to, I believe that that is causing people to awaken that would not have otherwise awakened to the reality of how we're living today. We are allowing ourselves to be led with a ring in our nose, so to speak, culturally, by people who have lost their minds and given away their soul. That's where we are today. The church must take right ground, Finney said, and that is so true. It's clear that until Jesus returns, this world is messed up. It's marked by pain and suffering and sin, and it will be. I believe in the return of Jesus Christ. I believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And I do know that the Bible teaches that things will get worse, not better, but... We are called, and that is not a some kind of a conflicting part of Scripture. We are called to be salt and light, to be a voice in the darkness, to shout it from the rooftops, blow the horn, blow the trumpet, whatever. Stand in the gap. That's what we're called to do. Does that mean we are to check out when the culture gets to a certain bad point? That Well, there's nothing I can do. What do you mean there's nothing you can do? God lives in you as a believer, and wherever you are, God is, because we are his voice and hands. We are his presence in this world. Jesus explained that very clearly in the New Testament. That's where we are. It doesn't mean, the the culture, the, the state of the culture doesn't have anything to do with our deciding whether or not we're going to address the ills of the culture. We just do it. We don't decide, well, 
maybe I'll be effective, so maybe I will just sort of live out my life publicly. Maybe I'll speak up or whatever. That isn't the way it works. The way it works is that we are faithful to God because he is faithful to us. And we are told by God himself in his words, Jesus himself says, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, live out your life, turn on the light, sound the alarm, speak the truth in darkness. It is said that truth is a lonely warrior. Well, unfortunately, sometimes it is. And much of that falls on the part of the church because we know the truth. And he has set us free. It doesn't mean that we simply accept defeat as inevitable when we look at the culture or that we accept a mentality of hopelessness. That's where they are. Those who live in darkness. Paul was very clear on that in the New Testament. We don't develop a theology of pessimism like, well, it's only going to get worse until Jesus comes, so why should I bother or what can I do? I'll tell you, the Bible encourages us to have the mentality of overcomers and victors, and our perspective is that no matter how dark the surrounding world may be, God's light shines in that darkness, even though the darkness cannot comprehend or overcome it. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. So God's people should always be looking for ways to take back ground. A major pushback has already started. I've talked about these incidents on this program, and I'll continue to with your support. And by the way, thank you so much for your support. We need it. I wouldn't be here without you. I am deeply appreciative. Thank you so much to all of you who support us. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Parents are sick and tired of the way public education is indoctrinating rather than educating. Female athletes are sick and tired of competing against boys who call themselves girls. That's how screwed up our our culture is. But that's why you and I have to stand in the gap and stand in the culture and turn on the light of truth. And just speak as God gives us opportunity to do so. And if we don't have opportunity, support those who do. Fox News reported that Cynthia Mullen stepped down last week from after officiating USA swimming meets for over 30 years. She said the reason? The U.S. Paralympic uh, Swimming National Championships in Greensboro, North Carolina are coming up. She said she's stepping out because of outrage of biological male swimmer, this Will Leah Thomas, competing unfairly against females. He's a guy who says, nope, I'm a girl. I'm going to compete against the... I mean, it's crazy. We have lost our sense of reality, but I believe we are on the threshold of the light being turned on on all the craziness of our culture and people beginning to see that it's all wrong and it's all going down a path that we do not want to walk down. I sincerely believe it and I believe the church is responsible to get the message out. Thank you for being with me today.